Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people. For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Happy Sabbath, everyone. God is good. And all the time, I welcome those of you online, wherever you are. We thank God for the technology that allows us to have a program here at Ypsilanti, Michigan, in the United States, and have it viewed by people all over the world. Surely, God knows exactly how he will get the message to the four corners of this earth. I thank God for the gift of life, and I'm sure you do as well. None of us has an easy life, but none of us wants to die right now. So we thank God for life. Can you say amen? amen. It's nice to see you. Those of you online, I see you by the eye of faith. Those of you in this building, is there anyone who is not a Seventh-day Adventist? May I see your hand? You are not a Seventh-day Adventist. You're seated in my presence, or in God's presence. May I see your hand? Anyone? All right. I feel confident we have online those who are not Seventh-day Adventists. Thank you very much for joining us. And may the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob pour out upon you a sweet, sweet, perfumed blessing because you joined his Sabbath-keeping people for worship, and I hope you will join us again. Can you say amen? amen. All right. God is good. That's lifeless. God is good. And all the time, our subject for today, arm wrestling. What did I say? Arm. You know what arm wrestling is? Hmm? Okay. Before I get into that, let me ask you, as I always do, very politely, if you're using one of these things, if you're not using it, make sure it is turned off. Not down. Off. Favor number two, while I'm speaking, pray for me and say, Lord, put your words in that man's mouth. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 9, Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. And as surely as God lives, I want to speak God's words. Favor number three, think. Isaiah 118, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Let's bow our heads and pray. Our Father and our God, we come into your presence in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, dear God, for the access we have to you, unrestricted. As we bow before you, forgive us if we have offended you. Cleanse us thoroughly, dear God, and grant us that power, that strength, that will allow us to overcome where we previously fell. We commit ourselves to you anew, and we ask you, dear God, to possess us through your Spirit. I humble myself before you, and I ask you today, God, please, as an act of mercy, speak through me. Use me effectively for your glory, and that those listening might be profoundly blessed. I pray not only for us in this building, but for all those watching online. And wherever people are worshiping you now, bless them, dear God. Bless this country and all countries represented by our audience. In Jesus' name I pray, let God's people say, Amen and Amen. What's our subject? I'm rustling. It is 11.59. Well, let's call it 12 o'clock. I'll release you by 12.45. Is that satisfactory? Maybe before. It's 12 noon right on the dot. Go with me to Daniel chapter 8. We'll read from verse 1. 
What book did I say? What chapter? Reading from what verse? One. No one on earth should know Daniel and Revelation like Seventh-day <laughs> Only two people got it right. Like Seventh-day Adventists. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Those two books are our books. Do you have Daniel 8? Reading from verse 1. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared unto me, even unto me, Daniel, after that which appeared unto me at the first. And I saw in a vision, and it came to pass when I saw that I was at Shushan in the palace, in the province of Elam, and I saw in a vision, and I was by the river of Ulai. Verse 3. Then I lifted up mine eyes and saw, and behold, there stood before the river a ram which had two horns. And the two horns were high, but one was higher than the other, and the higher came up last. Now, concentrate on verse 4. And I saw the ram pushing westward and northward and southward, read with me now, so that no beast might stand before him. In other words, no one could oppose this ram. He was powerful. Keep reading. Neither was there any, come on, that could deliver out of his hand. What's our subject? I'm wrestling. There was none that could deliver out of the hand of this ram, out of the power of this ram. Now, since you say you're Adventist, this animal represents what nation? Quickly, quickly. Medo-Persia. Yes, you, you notice Daniel 8 begins with Medo-Persia because Babylon is now off the scene. We go to verse 5. And as I was considering, behold, and he got, came from the west on the face of the old earth and touched not the ground. And the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. And he came to the ram that had two horns, which I had seen standing before the river, and ran unto him. How? In the fury of... Now remember, in verse 4 we read, none could deliver out of the hand of this ram. That's what we read. But we have another beast now that overthrew the ram. This goat with a notable horn between his eyes and ran into him in the fury of his power. Verse 7, and I saw him come close unto the ram and he was moved with color against him and smote the ram and break his two horns. And there was no power in the ram to stand before him, but he cast him to the ground and stamped upon him. Finish verse 7. And there was no one, come on, that could deliver the ram out of his hand. So twice we have the expression, deliver out of his hand. You see that towards the end of verse 4, and we see it towards the end of verse 7. Our subject, arm wrestling. The goat, the ram, in verse 4, had a powerful arm. But someone else came along, finish my words, tell me now, with a more powerful arm, and bent his now, the purpose of arm wrestling is that your arm goes this way and mine goes this way. Are you following me? The stronger arm decides where the arm goes. Now, the goat, the ram of, Rev, of Daniel 8, 1 to 4, he wanted to go this way. The goat, verses 5 through 8, he went this way. Conquer that ram. The hand in the Bible frequently represents the ability to carry out one's will. 
Let me say that again. The hand in the Bible frequently represents the ability to carry out one's will. Now, you and I can will a lot of things, but we can't do it. I would love this or that. And it just stays in my mind. I cannot carry out that will. I do not have the power. Now, we looked at Medo-Persia, none could deliver out of his hand. We looked at Greece, none could deliver out of his hand. What about Babylon? Let us go to Daniel chapter 3. We'll read from verse 14. Our subject, arm rustling. You know the story about the burning fiery furnace? The three boys, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, refused to bow. They are reported to Nebuchadnezzar. Verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do ye not serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, salt, salt, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. In other words, if ye engage in idol worship, that's good. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Finish that verse. And who is that God? Come on. They shall deliver you out of my hand. In Daniel 8 verse 4, no one can, can be delivered out of the hand of that ram. In Daniel 8 verse 7, no one could be delivered out of the hand of that goat. Before them, no one could be delivered out of the hand of Babylon. Arm wrestling. Let's look at the fourth beast. Let's go to Daniel 2. And see if we can reason through the scriptures. Not Daniel 2, sorry. Daniel 7. Let's read from verse 7. Do you have Daniel 7? We read from verse 7. Let me pray again. Father, as I continue, remind me very loudly in my ear. I am here for your glory and your glory alone. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Daniel 7, verse 7. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. Now, here is where reasoning in the scriptures becomes necessary. Even though of Babylon it is said, none could deliver out of his hand. That's what Nebuchadnezzar told the three boys. Even though it is said explicitly of Medo-Persia, none could deliver out of his hand. Daniel 8 verse 4. Even though it is said explicitly of Greece, represented by the goat, none could deliver out of his hand it may not be explicitly stated of Rome but when you consider Rome was so powerful it was represented by an animal no one had ever seen so clearly none could deliver out of the Roman hands not out of Babylon not out of Medo-Persia not out of Greece not out of Rome powerful we live in a world surrounded by powers, the powers that be, and they intimidate us, which they shouldn't. Let's go <laughs> to Daniel 4. Let's look at another hand. Daniel 4. This is Nebuchadnezzar after he acknowledged God and his reason returned to him, Daniel 4.34. And all the inhabitants of the earth, we look at verse 35, are reputed 
as nothing. Keep reading with me. And he doeth according to his will. Where? In the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. Keep reading. And none can do what? Stay his hand or say unto him, what doest thou? There is no power that can stay the hand of God. Go to Job chapter 10. Job 10, let's read verse 7. This one is explicit about the hand of God. We read a few more references. You have Job chapter 10, verse 7. If you have my version, read with me. What does that say? And thou knowest that I am not. Finish the verse. And none, come on, can deliver out of thy hand. Whose hand is that? God's hand. Now, here's what we have. None can deliver from the hand of Babylon in his day. None could deliver from the hand of Medo-Persia in his day. None could deliver from the hand of Greece in his day. None can deliver from the hand of the Romans in his day. But the Bible says none can deliver from the hand of God. What am I trying to tell you? Go back to Daniel. Chapter 2. So let's read from verse 19. Let's read verse 19 of Daniel 2. Remember Daniel went to Nebuchadnezzar and uh, told him what he had seen. Uh, the, the, the wise men couldn't do it. And so Daniel got a vision from God and God gave him the interpretation and the dream. Verse 19 says, Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in the night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Now as Daniel prayed to God, here's what he said in verse 21 of Daniel 2. Read with me. And he changeth the times and the seasons. Keep reading. He removeth king. Name one king or one kingdom. The Babylonians. He removed them. Name another one. The Middle Persians. He removed them. Name another one. The Greeks, he removed them. Then another one, the Romans, he removed them. Because the hand of God, when the hand of God's wrath is upon you, there's nothing you can do. God will bring yours down. Regardless of the size of your muscles, God will bring yours down. A lot of people like to arm wrestle with God. As some people say, box with God, your arms are too short. Well, your muscles are too weak. He removeth kings. And he, let me show you an example of God removing a king, and the king was one of his. Go to Daniel 1. And if God will remove his king, what will he do to someone who's not his king? Are you with me? What's our subject? Mm -hmm. Daniel 1, let's read from verse 1. When you found it, say Amen. Let me pray again, dear fathers, I progress. Continue to bless me with insight, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Read with me. In the third year of the reign of who? Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came home. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem. Come on, and besieged. Now, we have two kings. Name them. Jehoiakim, Nebuchadnezzar. Jehoiakim ruled what land? God's land. Nebuchadnezzar came from a foreign land. Read verse 2 carefully now and take a deep breath because this can happen to you if you decide to rebel against God. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. You see, God's justice is not ethnic. 
I lost you. My fault. God's justice is not ethnic. It is not cultural unless it expresses the culture of heaven. Right is right and wrong is wrong. Eloise says there are only two groups on the earth. Those who obey and those who disobey. Now we split the world into multiple groups and then we kill the ones we don't like. God has two groups. You're listening to me in this church and online. Obey and disobey. That is why the final test will be obey God's command or obey commands of the land. God does not see black and white, rich and poor, educated and uneducated. He sees obey and disobey. And you and I have to choose. And so because the Israelites were unfaithful, God gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. Now, if God gave that land to Nebuchadnezzar, and the Bible says to the Babylonians, who can deliver you out of my hand? Who has a stronger hand? God. Now here's what God said. Go to Jeremiah 27. The Seventh-day Adventist method of Bible study is, come on here a little, come on, there a little, come on, line upon line, precept upon precept. Mm -hmm. That's when you figure out what the Bible says. Jeremiah 27, reading from verse 5, this is what God told Jeremiah to tell the, the Israelites. I have made the earth, the man and the beast that are upon the ground. By my great and my outstretched arm. Finish that verse. And have given it. Come on. Unto whomsoever. See meet unto me. Let me say it again. Ipsy English. God decides who sits on what throne. And how long? When you and I see only the price of food going up, then based on that we decide for whom we'll vote. God sees the conclusion of the great controversy. That's why we need to see things the way God sees them. Surprisingly, that will ease our anxiety. I didn't say it'll ease our problems. It'll ease our anxiety. Because we're seeing how God, you and I see increase in food prices. God is bringing that controversy to a conclusion. Now, look at verse 6 of Jeremiah 27. And now I have given what? All these lands into the hand of whom? Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. Read the next two words. My sir. <laughs> mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. When Trump was in power, was he God's servant? Yes or no? Yes. You can't go to CNN to get this perspective. Are you following me? CNN mustn't tell us what's going on. They should call us. You know, these, these networks, they always have expert commentators on this and that. They need to call Adventists what's going on. You know, when, uh, <laughs> when the, the, the wise men were called by Nebuchadnezzar, they said, there is not a man upon the earth that can make known the king's matter wrong. There was Daniel. Pharaoh said the same thing. When he had the two dreams, wrong, Joseph. 
And there are people saying, who can explain what's going on today? No one. Wrong. Finish my words. Seven the Adventists. Those who study. And now I have given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant. And the beasts of the earth have I given him also to serve him. Now next verse. And all nations shall. This was God's will. God told Jerusalem, uh, Judah, and the surrounding nations, serve him. And all nations shall serve him, and his son, and his son's son. Now read the next words for me. Until what? The very time of his land coming. And God is saying, there's coming a time when I will remove him. Then shall many nations and great kings serve themselves of him. Then Babylon will serve someone else when I'm ready. God gave Judah to Nebuchadnezzar. For reasons Nebuchadnezzar himself didn't understand. I probably couldn't care less. Now, what, is, what did Nebuchadnezzar say to the three Hebrew boys? What God is that that can deliver you out of my hand? The God who said, when your time is up, you're out. Let's go to even earlier than Nebuchadnezzar, the first of the four great kings. Let's go to Exodus 3. What's our subject? I'm wrestling. Mm -hmm. My friends online, I hope you're still with us. Wherever you are, let me greet my special friends in Nairobi, the Achola family who watch very faithfully. God bless you, all of you. Say amen for my friends in Nairobi. Amen. They didn't hear you. Say it again. Amen. They heard you now. Okay. What book did I say? Exodus, what chapter? 3. Reading from what verse? 7. When you found it, say amen. Yeah. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. And have what? Heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. I love how this verse ends. Read it for me. For I know their sorrows. You're grieving over a child who left the church. What does God say to you? I know. I know. Your spouse left you. What does God say? I know. I know. You got the pink slip. You're panicking. What does God say? I know. I know your sorrow. Read the next verse. And I am come down to do what? Deliver them. Come on, read for me. Out of the hand of the Egyptian. Now, back then, the most powerful nation was Egypt. That's why Pharaoh said in chapter 5, Who is God? I don't know God, neither will I let Israel go out of my hand. Then God had to send a few plagues to loosen his grip. God said, I'm come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. God had to arm Russell Pharaoh. Brought him down. But before that, let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Let's read from verse 22. Arm wrestling is our subject. It is just about 20 minutes after 12. Are you at Genesis 3? Verse 22. And the Lord God said what? Behold, the man is become as one of us. To know good and evil. And now, lest he do what? 
put forth his hand. When Adam consumed the fruit initially, did he put forth his hand and pluck it from the tree? No. His hand weren't necessary at all. Eve could have done what? Just stick it in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not physical hand we're concerned with. It's before he exercises his will to go eat of that tree, let's put him out. So Adam's decision might have been, let me eat of this tree. No. Out. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. Verse 24, so he drove out the man before the man could presume to put forth his hand or exercise his will to eat of that tree and thereby live forever as a sinner. God canceled that, brought Adam's hand down. The exercise of the will. But before that, You know, this is saying, how low can you go? How far back can you go? Let's go to Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14, Isaiah is called the gospel prophet. Speaks so much about Christ. Particularly in chapter 53, the entire chapter is about Jesus. Eloi said, read it, it'll humble you. Isaiah 14, let's read from verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the what? ground which is weak in the nations for thou hast said in thine heart it is your will I will ascend into heaven I will exalt my throne above the stars of God I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north I will ascend above the heights of the clouds I will be like the most high Lucifer decided he willed to take over from God read verse 15 yet thou shalt be brought down to the sides of the pit That's what you want to do. I will cancel it. Lucifer wanted to go this way. God's powerful arm brought him this way. Thou shalt be brought down. You wanted to go up. I'll bring you down. By the way, any person on earth with a similar condition of pride will suffer the same fate. You're not listening. The Lord is quick to humble proud people. And he does not have a painless way to do it. That's what the Bible says, humble yourself. Don't let God, Eloise says, never ask God to humble you. If you do, you will not like the way he does it. And so Lucifer said, I will be like God. God said, no. God brought his hand down. Let's see that dramatically expressed. Let's go stay in Daniel, not Daniel, Isaiah 14. Let's go to verse 24. The Lord of hosts hath done what? Sworn, saying, surely, as I have, as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And as I have purpose, so shall it stand. In other words, what I think to do, I can do. Now, we know earlier, Lucifer thought to take God's place, God cast him down. Now, we have the opposite to that. What God thinks to do, he does. That I will break the Assyrian in my land and upon my mountain tread him underfoot. The Assyrian army was threatening Jerusalem under the leadership of Sennacherib. God's people were scared. And God said, look, I have purposed. I have sworn. I will break the Assyrian. And what I decide, says God, comes to pass. 
In the same chapter, where what Lucifer decided did not come to pass, because when one arm wrestles with God, this struggle of power, you cannot win. Verse 26. This is the what? Purpose that is purpose upon the whole earth. This is the hand that is stretched out over all the nations. Now God said, this is what I intend to do. Verse 27. For the Lord of hosts hath purpose, and who shall disannul it? And his hand is stretched out, finishing it. Who shall turn it back? You cannot arm wrestle with God and win. He will bring your arm down with such force, he snaps the elbow. Why did I say all of that? Go to Revelation 13. When I talk about prophecy, I like to make it personal. What's that has to do with you? On me. Revelation 13, let's read from verse 1. When you found it, say amen. Some of you still looking desperately. Come on, find Revelation 13. From verse 1, we have it now. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. In Daniel 7, we saw this beast in verse 7 of chapter 7, which is Rome, pagan Rome which became papal Rome. So we have pagan and papal combined right there, okay? And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his mouth was the mouth of a bear, and his feet as feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. So we have the lion, we have the bear, we have the leopard, we have the nondiscreet beast. This power in Revelation 13 combines all of that. Hmm. None could deliver out of the hand of Babylon. Are you with me? None could deliver out of the hand of Medo-Persia. None could deliver out of the hand of Ruiz. None could deliver out of the hand of Rome. Combine all of that and give it to one beast. <laughs> one entity has all that power. And it's a servant of the devil. Now, read verse 3, uh, verse 4 of Revelation 13. What does that say? And they worship the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. Which beast? Not simply the beast of Daniel 7 verse 4, Babylon, but this beast that combines all of them. The power behind this composite beast is Satan. Now let's break it down as we reason. Who was the power behind Babylon? Come on. Satan. Who was the power behind Medo-Persia? Who was the power behind Greece? Who was the power behind Rome? Mm -hmm. Even though God used them. <laughs> now, they worship the dragon, which gave power to the beast. But we learned from Isaiah 14, this dragon, which is Satan, said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. And God said to him, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell. That's the same power behind this beast. So what power is behind the beast? A defeated power. Well, you didn't hear me. A defeated power is behind the beast of Revelation 13. Now go to stay in Revelation 13, go to verse 11. Arm rustling is our subject. 12, 27. Revelation 13, verse 11. 
And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. Now, read the next verse carefully for me. And he exerciseth, come on, all the power of the first beast. Now, the first beast, his power was from whom? Whom? Satan. But we discover Satan is what kind of power? A defeated power. Now, the second beast of Revelation has the same backing. A defeated beast. So a defeated beast backs the, the beast of Revelation 13, 1 to 10. The same defeated power backs the beast, Revelation 13, 11 to 18. You and I have nothing to fear from Satan or his agents. What we have to fear is our carnal nature refusing to obey God. Go to uh, Luke 14 for me. Luke 14. A few seconds from 1230. Luke 14. When you found it, say amen. We read from verse 31. Now read with me if you don't mind. You have my version. You have that, uh, Luke 14 from verse 31. Or what king going what? To make war against another king, sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth ambassage and desireth what? Conditions of peace. What is the Bible saying? Let's put it in modern English. Here are two armies about to fight. One has 10,000 men. One has 20,000. Everything else is equal. Who's going to win that fight? The 20,000 army. Everything else is equal. And so the 10,000 army decides, let's discuss peace. Because I cannot, mm, Jesus is saying, the 10,000 army cannot defeat the 20,000 army. Now, put the two armies together. How many soldiers do you have? Give me one third of 30,000. All mathematicians, come on. 10,000. Go to Revelation 12. Let's read from verse 1. You have Revelation 12? Let me pray, Father, as I continue. I'm coming to the close. Continue to sustain me, Father, for your glory and the blessing of your beloved people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. Now read verse 3 with me. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold what? A great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. Now you read verse 4 for me. At his tail, drew the third part of the... And did? All right. What percentage of the angels did the devil win? One third. What did Jesus suggest about an army that's one third the size of another army? Can't win. Now, we don't know how many angels they are. Whatever the number is, Satan took one third. 
Jesus tells us in Luke 14, an army one-third the size of another army had better discuss peace. Why? Obviously, you cannot win. Now, Satan knows he cannot win. He has great wrath because he knoweth what? He hath but a short time. He cannot win because in this arm rustling, God will bring him this time. He will never raise his arm again. God will break the elbow on the neck because his army is only one-third of God's army. Even if he'd gotten all the angels, <laughs> still can defeat God. Are you following me? But let's keep it a little lower than that. One-third cannot defeat two-third, everything else being equal. What am I trying to tell you? We have nothing to fear. My greatest enemy is not you. My greatest enemy is not Satan. My greatest enemy, tell me softly, is me. My greatest enemy is me. My greatest enemy is not the beast of Revelation 13, because the beast of Revelation 13 cannot make me break the Sabbath. The beast of Revelation 13 cannot make me steal the tithe. I have to do that. The beast of Revelation 13 cannot make me smoke and drink. I have to choose that. And so what I'm trying to do is to put upon you and me the burden of individual responsibility. Do you realize you serve a God who at every stage, at every point of contact has defeated Satan? Do you serve a God who decides what nations uh, occupy what land and how long they reign and rule. You serve a God who decides that. Psalm 115 verses 1 to 3. Wherefore should the heathen say, where is now their God? But our God is in heaven. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. We are at a perilous time in earth's history. You've heard that before. It really is significant now. Let me say it again. We are at a serious time in earth's history. We need to know the God we serve. Let me put a name on that God that overthrew Babylon and Medo-Persia and Greece, Jesus Christ, who is the commander of the heavenly army. The Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies, Jesus Christ. He who defeated Satan as God. When Christ came to the earth in his human form, the devil said, try that again. <laughs> you kicked me out when you were God. Try it in your human form. And Jesus did it, trusting his father. Can you say amen? The devil in the grave. Jesus came out. Ascended heaven. In the grave, the, the devil working through the Roman Empire put a seal and a rock to keep him in the grave. There are some people who want to keep you in your condition. But through Christ, you must believe you can come out. Through Christ, you can come out of that tomb that is sealed by the enemy because God will break that seal. You serve a God. I'm not using idle words. You know, these... Preachers, television, pre use fancy words to get your money. I'm not trying to do that. I'm telling you, you serve a God who cannot be defeated. Yeah. You know, we have this saying, how can you use with the stuff you, how can I lose with the stuff I use? Mm? Yeah. 
God says the same thing. I can't lose. How can something satanic defeat something divine? Believe that. Let me close with this. I'll ask you some questions. Answer me quickly. Is Satan an angel? Yes or no? I said quickly. <laughs> Is Satan an angel? But what kind of angel? Fallen angel. But he was an angel. How were the angels made? By the word of God. Psalm 148, 1, 2, and 5. The word of God made angels. Then the word is more powerful than angels. Lucifer was the highest angel God made, but he was made by the word. Are you listening to me? This is how God exercises his power to overthrow Satan. And so Matthew 8, 16, and when the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits. Finish my words with his word. This is your defense on mine against this mighty power who seeks to intimidate. But intimidation is a weapon that's useless when used against people with confidence. And your confidence and mine rests in our Lord Jesus Christ, and he's called the Word of God. And so I leave you with this reminder. In the cosmic arm wrestling, the great controversy, it is God who brings down Satan's hand. Every God brought down the Babylonians. He brought down the Grecians. He brought down the Medo-Persians in reverse order. He brought down the Romans, and he'll bring down the modern-day beast. Are you with me? crashing down and if you will stay faithful you will be a part of this mighty arm because Paul says the Lord shall bruise Satan shortly under your feet so that God's final destruction of Satan will be with us somebody say amen let's live for that day let's live for that. how many of you will say father thank you for this reminder of your power help me to lean on you can I see your right hand stand up with me it's an insult to God to doubt him, to doubt his power, which means all our problems are really self-inflicted because we doubt God, and God can never bless doubt. He blesses faith, not presumption. He blesses faith. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the reassurance of your word. We thank you, God, for this enlivening reminder that in the cosmic struggle, in the arm wrestling, you conquer always without exception. Whether it applies to Babylon, to Medo-Persia, to Greece, to Rome, or to the arch enemy himself, Satan. Father, as you conquered at the national, international level, you can conquer our enemies in our lives. Please, God, help us to grit our teeth and believe in the power of our God, who became man to understand our fears, but who's also God to strengthen us. Let's leave this church different people, I pray from my heart. Bless our friends online, dear God, sustain us, save us when you come, I pray. In Jesus' name, let God's people say, amen and amen. You may be seated.